the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, the 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 Yeah, we are. I'm just going to that now. Hang on. Um... Can we open with the line, something like, this is real politic, and if there is any news about the death of Michael Heseltine in the next two hours, we'll let you know. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's what he opened with, apart from like BBC Radio 1 FM. And Does anyone somehow, have a... 29 years on, the cunt's still alive. Yeah, right. What the fuck? Um, well, do you remember former real politic guest Hugh Lemmy? Yes decided to see who the like you know about 10 or more years ago decided to see who the most senior tory was without a twitter account and um hit on michael heseltine so basically for like a few years he was sporadically you know just posting loads of shit about like you know boring like tory internal politics and stuff about the eu (laughs) and he was like when's the right time to break cover and then there was that story about michael heseltine killing a dog (laughs) <laughs> which Michael Heseltine came out and categorically denied. So Hugh just went back on Twitter oh, on yeah. the Heseltine account and just posted, yes, I'd kill that dog. Yes, I'd do it again. And it just it just did nothing. Like, no one notices. Oh, for fuck's sake, how do I get rid of this? So when Martin McGuinness died, he just went back on under the Heseltine account and was like, very sad to hear about the death of Martin McGuinness, like a titan of the Irish independence movement and like Richard <laughs> broadly chucky R. And uh, like... Uh, that's in uh, that's in parliamentary Hanson now. Oh man, I know Dan Howden went. I can't remember which. Some obscure Tory backbencher again. They they did the same thing. Like this guy's obscure. You know, he's an MP who didn't have a Twitter. And there was a window of a few years where you do something like that. Yeah, yeah. No one really cares about him enough to be like urgently checking his views. <laughs> but if you get him just the right level of bland yeah. but weird. People are absolutely buy it. It's this obscure Tory backbencher, and that. Well, that was. Doesn't I think, I think the account like got a... banned like a day after he stood up in Parliament. Someone said, "So you know, you said on your Twitter, however, that." And he just goes, <laughs> "I don't have a Twitter," and then Twitter fucking banned the account. Doesn't doesn't Hesseltine like have a big rumbled. bust of Lenin in his garden or something? So he does have these strange character quirks. Um, he, uh, hmm. Yeah, that was, is that him? I think he, he's some other right winger. Is it Stalin rather than Lenin? That's got me curious. Maybe I'm thinking of Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson's <laughs> house. Jordan Peterson's house is no, no, no. Like Hesseltine social realist art. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Michael Hesseltine with a 15 foot definitely... statue of Lenin that he spent 20 grand to have relocated from Latvia to his garden. There you um, go. I'm going to retweet that now, so you'll probably see it on your timeline. When, like, Werner Herzog is like, I have never seen anything as beautiful as the scene in Gummo where the the bacon is stuck to the wall. 
I was like, oh, what is that? Roger Waters uh, fucking uh, stage show. Typical. <laughs> no. But, like, I, I hear that. I'm just like, fucking, fucking Werner Herzog. Like, he's just saying that to be a character. Yeah, Werner Herzog says that about every fucking Yeah, that's thing. just some bullshit. Werner like, Herzog is always in their character. <laughs> yeah, that's like Werner Herzog in, like, Charlie Brown had hose mode. Like, <laughs> like fucking, you know, the most real... Didn't he say? Did he say that you should watch pro wrestling because it's like the realist uh, entertainment like depiction of? That's things. just true. Though. Yeah, that, no, that's <laughs> that, that is true. Roland Barthes said the same thing. It's hundred percent true. That's just fact. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. The only authentic working class sport <laughs> still. I didn't. I didn't say he's wrong about everything. I mean, I love Werner Herzog. <laughs> did we ever talk on the podcast about? Paul Mason's article about the role-playing games scene in Japan in the 90s. No, um, no, I but don't... I need to quickly go for a piss, so you, you guys go ahead. I'll be back you in a may sec. Have, you may have mentioned it in passing. I mentioned it on Twitter, but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast since then, because we've only done a couple of... Recordings, uh, yeah. A couple of bits. Let me just find out, because I, how did I stumble across this. I was looking something up in an old 90s video game magazine. And one of the guys in that, in an article about Japanese RPG computer games, mentioned this other magazine that they did that was about pen and paper tabletop role-playing games, Dungeons and & Dragons and, and stuff like that, yeah. and said, recommended that you read the excellent article by Paul Mason about uh, <laughs> role-playing in Japan. And I saw that and I thought, surely not. And I checked Paul Mason's Wikipedia entry because I know he had been a print journalist guy before he was on like Newsnight and that. And I saw that very shortly after that, he'd been an assistant editor for a long time of a sort of trade computer magazine for the, the same publishing company. Mm. I then realised that every issue of this uh, this particular magazine, uh, the, the one he'd written this one article for, had been scanned and, and was online. Mm. Um, and it was definitely that Paul Mason. Hang on a sec, I think I've found it. I think it's in this issue here. I have found the article, right? The article being about role-playing in Japan. They have decided to title the article Roru Praying. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think Paul Mason would have chosen that title. Nick so unusually, he's probably the, the 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 least the least racist person involved in it for a change. <laughs> but um, subheading: manga, anime, replays, GURPS, young female professional wrestling. They do things <laughs> nice. differently over there. Paul Mason investigates the rather peculiar world of Japanese fantasy gaming. Now the article's boring as hell. I'm going to be honest, but it's very much like. Paul Mason was on holiday or on business over in Japan, and he thought, I'm going to get a freelance article out of this. Can we, can we hear an extract? Is there just a little bit to give us an idea? So what are these manga that dominate Japanese role-playing? <laughs> comics, that's what. Japan produces more comics than the rest of the world put together. We're not talking skimpy Marvel comic-sized efforts. A typical manga is a great walloping doorstep. Manga are the preferred reading of the majority, young and old alike. So their subject matter encompasses business, suicide methods, the constitution, sadomasochism, and hemorrhoids. <laughs> um, 
I think that, to be fair, that that's also like Paul Mason's interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I've read a lot of manga, and like, there's not that many about hemorrhoids. No, uh, there's a special uh, room in FFF's is... manga library. <laughs> yeah, that's of a H library. You've got to ask the man in the shop to let you in the back at the get to the hemorrhoids. <laughs> you know, they, they, there's no, not much demand for that. All, all the space up front is needed for the technical board. <laughs> An entire comic-based vocabulary is developed. Visually, there are the huge-eyed, cre- huge-eyed creatures that populate manga. Linguistically, there's a phenomenal battery of sound effects to express every sound you can imagine, and many you can't. I'm trying to find if there's any weird bits, like really weird bits in this. Sadly, this was the only article he ever wrote for them. I know this because I scanned through it, <laughs> every single issue of it to see if I could find more 90s Paul Mason insanity. <laughs> I'm still a normal one in this. Okay, so he at some point has at least skim read a source book based on the GURPS standards called Ring Dream, the game about young female professional wrestling. I think he's probably got very similar interests to you, FFF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and the Poe podcast. Yes. I think. Paul Mason is either very good at bluffing or he speaks Japanese. Ooh. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is I mean, we know he speaks Italian. Say. He speaks Welsh. He speaks the language <laughs> speaks of love. Well. 